1: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 105 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host tonight, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict along with my co-host Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, We've got a very special guest tonight who we'll introduce in a minute but Andrew it's been a little while. How how you been And, and looking forward to tonight?
2: I'm good. I'm ready. Let's let's do this. Let's jump right into this. We're in the the thick of of redraft season combining with dynasty season. There's no better time. There's no better time in fantasy football than July, August, in my opinion. And and Scott Fishbowl was kind of the perfect uh, combo of
1: the two because it's it's definitely a redraft, but uh, tons of dynasty people get, get in there from Twitter. And we have a very well-known uh, SFB12 participant. SFB, kind of, I think the last five or six of them he's been in. Uh, you know him from uh, Psych, from a Million Little Things, and for, of course from his uh, pod appearance on Dynasty Junkies last year. J- James Roday Rodriguez, James, how you doing tonight?
3: I feel good. I don't know if I don't know how many of your of your viewers slash listeners remember uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. But uh, I'm feeling a little Johnny feverish today, gentlemen. <laughs> and and I, I definitely want to thank you
1: for coming back on. Uh, but especially because uh, for those watching, they can see James wearing sunglasses. He had a little uh, work done on his eyes today. So he's he's a trooper though, and and stuck to the stuck to the date, and and is here with us. And I'm very grateful for that, James. Yes, That's right. Thank you. Did
3: some weird things to my flaps, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, I'm also under the influence of some some relaxing uh narcotics so uh i feel so- pretty i feel pretty good and congratulations on 105 episodes man that's uh it's not chump jane
1: yes thank yeah. you very much uh, it's, uh yeah i think you were about halfway through that some somewhere in the 50s last year and now you're back again I, i'm i'm really uh, happy about that before we get into what uh, we're going to talk about tonight uh i did what we did this last year but this is what scott fishbowl is all about so i wanted to do it again and just give you a chance to talk about um couple of your charities that you have uh, tagged to your social media uh, your twitter bio and everywhere uh you talked about them last year but i'd like you to for anybody who maybe didn't see last year's episode i'd like you just to you know spotlight those two again
3: yeah 100 percent um both very near and dear to my heart you got road dogs uh that's a a dog rescue organization based out of los angeles um amazing woman named Nikki Carver, is doing the Lord's work. She basically adopts uh, special needs uh, dogs and, and you know, makes them as comfortable as humanly possible for what little time they often have on this planet. And uh, it's just, it's a fantastic organization that does beautiful work. Uh, and the other big one for me is Elephant Nature Camp. That's uh, it's another incredible woman uh, who's going across uh, Eastern Asia, based out of Thailand. And, know one work camp at a time trying to flip uh these elephant work camps into elephant sanctuaries and and showing the owners that they can make just as much money uh treating their elephants the right way uh than they can having them you know haul timber and you know and and be work elephants so uh they need us more than ever they're the beautiful giants and uh and I spent some time over there myself, and it's it's absolutely magical. So, those are my two biggies.
1: Yeah. So, if if, if you're in Scott Fishbowl, haven't donated to charity somehow yet, uh, th- those are two great ones to to kind of put your money towards. Uh, but let's get into the show. We uh, just a little, uh, uh, I guess. Spoiler alert: uh, We will be talking about Psych Three and a million little things for a little bit here. Um, but also spoiler alert, for those uh, those Psych and, and A Million Little Things fans who were tuning in just just for the acting stuff we are going to talk about that but this is probably going to be a little more of a football centric uh, pod than last year uh, I think we spent maybe half the show talking about your 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 work James last year I don't think it's going to be quite that much this year nobody He's like no nah. Rocky <laughs> nobody
3: <knew that>. This <laughs> is football season. come on exactly to You're about to start for God's sake.
1: But I did want to talk about uh, the two two things that that have happened since the last time you were on Psych 3, which uh, wrapped right around the time I think you came on and then it aired in the fall last year uh, on Peacock. And I got to say, uh, I'm going to gush a little bit here. This has been my uh, favorite Psych movie so far. Uh, I've enjoyed all three, but I kind of feel like each one you're getting uh, like figuring out a little more what Psych is as a movie. And I think it gets even better each time. Uh, so I, I got to say the aha joke was one of my favorite jokes in the history of the, of the show, um, right down to the drawings and everything.
3: I uh, really committed to
1: that bit. Yes. <laughs> and, and probably the best use of uh, Come On, Son, in, in the history of the show. Yeah, uh,
3: 15 years in the making, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
1: but uh but i just wanted to get your thoughts on on i also really loved, by the way i wanted to mention that a lot of nice little uh emotional beats especially for a lot of the guys, the players that weren't really uh, essential to the main storyline with like uh, uh lassiter and henry and then chief thick all got nice little moments so I, I enjoyed that as well but i wanted to get your your thoughts now that you can talk a little more about so you couldn't really talk about it last year um because that didn't come out and uh i definitely wanted to ask because i I definitely did some some Google research and have seen no no confirmation on a psych for. So if there's anything you can tell us about that.
3: Well, for starters, uh, I'm so thrilled that you dug the dug the flick. They're always uh, so absurdly fun for us to make. Um, So the fact that uh, anybody can have half as much fun watching them as we have making them, I think, is why psych is still around uh, frankly, that's just, that's sort of what we put out there. And as long as there's an appetite for it, uh, we're happy to keep doing it. Um, Psych 3, in many ways, I thought was a return to sort of, uh, I guess the bedrock of what we did on the series, um, which might be why, you know, it landed so well for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. it was, it was really, uh, you know, uh, sending Sean and Gus down a, a rabbit hole and then kind of buttoning it up with some some heart and, uh, and kind of pushing everybody forward in their lives. Um, and as far as uh, Psych 4 goes, like I said, I, I think there's a lot of goodwill for this show. Uh, we've been incredibly lucky to, to, to be on this ride for as long as we have. We have support from our, from our studio and our new network, The Peacock. Uh, and as always, it sort of comes down to, uh, everybody's schedules and, and finding a little window where we can all come together for a couple of weeks and make it happen. Um, but we, we always will as, uh, as long as, and there's a will, there's a way, man. Cause they're always, they're like little family reunions too. And it gives us all a chance to kind of check in with each other and, and, uh, make sure that everybody's doing okay. So I would say, uh, chances are good for at least one more of these of these silly adventures and uh yeah you know i think probably one of the best days i've ever spent on on a psych set was uh was the last day of shooting on psych three which is when we did all the the henry and lassiter stuff on the porch uh Mm -hmm. with his daughter uh you know it's it's been a very challenging ride for tim mominson these last few years and uh to kind of see him, see him back up there taking agency of his enormous talent and reminding us, you know, just how phenomenal of an actor he is and how much adversity he's overcome, uh, it was really beautiful. It was a really great day for all of us. Um, so that's my little. Uh, there you go. There's my anecdote about.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, definitely great, and definitely was it like I said, it came through great on screen as well. Uh, and I definitely hope there's a Psych Four. I'd I, I seen when, it, like I said, my my Google research. Uh, I did see Steve Frank saying that the Psych Four, or at, at least some future Psych, could get even a little more out there than the first three have been. And I'd I'd be very looking forward to seeing that.
3: Yeah, man. There's not a whole lot of rules in the Psych universe. Uh, it, <laughs> we kind of follow the the Scooby Doo rule, which is just you know come up with whatever crazy idea you can, but then. You just have to be able to explain it somehow in the last 10 minutes so uh we've been able to do just about everything we can think of and uh that's that'll be the plan moving forward so uh yeah hopefully we'll we'll bake up bake up one more cake for you there rack
1: okay Pre- appreciate it J- just for me i'm sure mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh but also a million little things season four aired uh, since you were last on a lot a lot of stuff happened there with uh, Gary this past year they kind of resolved uh, that the cliffhanger from season three uh, with Sophie's music teacher and then uh you know the guy he got back with Maggie again spoilers if you haven't seen season four it's on you <laughs> at this point um, but man that ending James man Gary getting you know the guy's cancer again it seems and it's under treatment what, what is what is going on? what are you doing to us here? Right.
3: But if you know the show, then you should not have been surprised. Uh, (laughs) No one's really allowed to have uh, too much good fortune on this show. So the fact that things were going well for more than one episode should have been should have been the only warning you needed to brace yourself. Uh, Of course, it
1: had to come right after the baby news and all that. Yeah, of course.
3: (laughs) There's nothing nothing high and low dramatically compelling about people just being happy. Yeah. What does that show? Uh, yeah, we're back in we're back in the thick of it and uh, and we go back in about a about a month to knock out uh, season five, which you know, I have no idea they don't, I was just gonna say soon <laughs> there's
1: nothing you can tell us
3: about season five. Uh, even if I could, uh, I mean I probably wouldn't, but it makes it easy because I actually don't know what's going on and uh, I won't think about it until I show up in Vancouver sometime in September.
2: Yeah, I I, I want to jump in with a question on that. Like with Psych, it seems like you're so involved. It's such a family and all of that. With A Million Little Things, it's got to be such a juxtaposition where you can kind of just show up and do what you're told. There's there's a little bit of pro and con to that, right? When you're not driving the bus, you can just kind of ride along, you know, and just sort of do what they tell you to do. There's got to be a lot less stress, but it's a lot less freedom, I guess. Which do you prefer?
3: Well, A Million Little Things has been a, a great day job for me because, like you said, I uh, I show up, I do the work, I go, and then and, and it sort of frees up a lot of creative real estate for me to work on other stuff. Uh, so I kind of feel like it's the best of both worlds, you know. It's yeah. a it's a steady gig with some really good people that I care about, and then uh, I can also keep making my making my own stuff. So
2: that's, that's a good yin and yang. Yeah, yeah you got to have a little bit of both, right?
3: Yeah, psych was so all encompassing that right. it, was, it was amazing. It was an amazing trip, and and you're right, I had my fingers all over that show but it really was like my life um breakfast lunch and dinner for the better part of a decade and now i feel like i'm able to diversify a little bit more and do different things and and take some shots that i I never would have had the time to do when we were doing psych as a show sure
1: And, and just going back to what james said earlier troy in the chat says my wife in the chair next to me just says that's the truth that million little things having more than one good day in a row. It's, it's just not
2: possible. No, <laughs> well, even in, in this season they mentioned like, Oh, we've all been in the hospital. And I was just like, yeah. Yep, that's yeah. you're you're just gonna consistently be in that hospital. You know, like, that was a very uh kind of fourth wall break in a way. You know, like I thought that was great. <laughs>
3: I mean, you gotta be meta about it, you know? Right, it's, right. It's, it's and calling something. it out,
2: it makes it less awkward. It's like, it, yep, we're it. always in the, You know, like, It's just how it is. Like, so James honorable. has never done anything that's meta before, so no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new concept for me. I don't know. I don't know if I care for it yet.
1: <laughs> You'll get that. Reminds me, by the way, one of my other favorite jokes from Psych Three is uh, Burton Guster Rodriguez. Uh, <laughs> I like that. It's always been there. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but one more question on the, on, on this stuff, and then I'll get to a couple Twitter questions we had that are about sort of your work. I uh, just wondering, you said, you don't, you know, you don't know what's coming up. Is there anything in particular you'd like to see for Gary going into the next season?
3: Yeah, you know, I think Gary's development was sort of uh, arrested because of, you know, his cancer diagnosis back in the day. And, and his need to sort of fix everything that's happening with everybody else. Uh, I think the ultimate sort of reconciliation for Gary would be to look at himself and, uh, and actually give the sort of the same energy and and emotional real estate that he gives to others to actually improving himself and, and, and growing a little bit himself. I think it's easy to kind of, uh, you know, Divert, um, you know what what's happening with with the person inside when you're constantly helping other people. Right? It's it's a nice thing. It's a nice quality, but it's also a, a bit of a crutch to never actually deal with what's with what's going on. Um, you know, when you when your own DNA and. Yeah, that that would be that would be the thing I would wish for Gary is just like, look, man, these are grown ups, these are grown ass people. Like let them take care of themselves. Um, and and you take care of you, especially now that you know he's potentially gonna be a dad. Like mm-hmm. kind of dad do you wanna be? You know, you gotta figure some stuff out, dude. You're a you're you're a deeply flawed man, <laughs> Mr. Mendez. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. Maybe by the
1: finale, that'll actually happen for him, uh, the series finale. But uh, let, let's get to, we have a few Twitter questions, all, all these non-football questions. We actually, I think, had a couple football Twitter questions last year, but these, I think, came from uh, some of the the, the, the psych fans um, and uh, fans of your other work, because that's what we're going to talk about, at least in one of these questions, which the first one is from, at it's Danny G. Uh, Does James see himself ever returning to theater and what about making a horror movie or another movie like Gravy? And before James answers, I just gotta say, I was not aware of Gravy before this question came in a couple of days ago. So I decided to check it out. What an interesting movie, man. This is if if you're if you watch this movie, do not expect anything like psych, first of all. Um, but it, although it's, it is filled with a lot of pop culture references, which I loved, and uh, you will see a couple familiar actors uh, if you're a Psych fan as well, a hardcore Psych fan you'll recognize, I think. But it, it it's a crazy kind of comedy horror movie. You could tell uh, everyone kind of enjoyed making it. It's just it's just kind of a crazy flick. I, I actually really enjoyed it. But anyway, if you remember those questions after my rambling, uh, go ahead and answer.
3: First of all, Danny G is one of the hardest core psychos who ever lived. By the like, way,
1: just before you finish, uh, he he actually, I put this, I set this uh, YouTube link up three days ago. He he put it out before I announced it that you were going to be on. <laughs> he found it. And <laughs> before I said is, anything.
3: He is my dude. He, he is OG through and through. Um, uh, a really good dude, Danny G. And uh, always shows up. Heart's always in the right place. So shout out to him. Uh, I absolutely will go back to theater at some point. Uh, For sure. You know, COVID sort of threw a big curveball to theater. And I I feel like we're just now sort of starting to get back to what that can look like and, and, you know, how we can sustain it and all of that. So at some point when it makes sense, um, 100 percent, I'll get back on stage because I love it. Those are my roots. That's how I got started. And I miss it, uh, frankly. Uh, I will make more more movies. I will make more horror movies. Um, you know, it's almost impossible for me to, you know, t- to not write in, in the direction of, you know, self-aware comedy and, and pop culture because that's just sort of who I am. So uh, Gravy was the first movie I ever made. I felt like it was a pretty authentic representation of, of my voice and my best friend's voices as writers. It took us eight years uh, to get it made, which I'm sure you're thinking that what that's crazy. It took eight years to get a cannibal comedy made. What's wrong? With, <laughs> what's wrong with people? Um, but it was it was some of the best times and, and the most fun that I've ever had uh, in this business. Um, yeah. It was such a wild sort of. Hum- I, I can't believe they didn't see the mainstream appeal in a cannibal comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't man. Um, but uh, yeah, and and I love everybody who was involved in that movie. Yeah, I've always got stuff cooking, and hopefully before too long, we'll, we'll be back at it again for sure. Okay, and
1: from at Juliet's Lorelai, what top three musicians has James been into lately? He, you got any music recommendations for the people?
3: Yeah, let's see. Um, my girl Hatchie, she's, uh, she's from Down Under. She's uh, kind of like a dream pop uh, artist who's heavily influenced by some of my very, very favorite bands of all time, like uh, the Sundays, um, the Cranberries. Uh, She's she's contemporary. She's right now. Uh, There's a band called Wolf Alice uh, out of the UK. uh, Dropped a new record last year. Also very cool. Um, I'm a big fan of female vocalists so most of my stuff is going to be you know women singing pretty um and then you know i would say 85 percent of me never left the 80s as i'm sure you can believe uh early 90s (laughs) so like uh i'm going to see aha at the end of the month um i got tickets to pet shop pet shop boys in new order who are playing together um you know next next year in vancouver uh, I always go back to the to the new wave stuff that sort of defined me, my formative years.
1: Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with the vintage 80s and 90s stuff. I'm, I'm here yeah. for it.
2: If it
3: works, don't change it. I'm with you on that. You like what you like, you know what I mean? No, yeah. there's another band out of Brooklyn called Nation of Language that they're a trio and they sound like, uh, you know, they're making synth pop straight out of the mid-80s. <laughs> um, I've been gobbling them up as well.
1: Yeah, I actually nice.
3: feel like there's a lot of
1: kind of uh, kind of an 80s flavor in a lot of some of the stuff that's even coming out now, even the current stuff. If you if you're listening just to regular All pop radio. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the last question we got was from at Lauren McD. Uh, I just thought this one was kind of a Uh, interesting because it's very vague so you can kind of take it whichever way you want is i don't know if she's talking about the tv fall season uh the football fall season or just fall in general but she says what's something james is looking forward to most in the fall season
3: i i want to see if uh the titans are pretenders or contenders um i'm really curious uh to see uh what we what we look like this season uh i think there's a lot of Fancy uh, pundit analyst type people that are predicting some some negative regression. And, uh, you know, obviously that's not what we're looking for as Titans fans, but it'll it'll certainly be interesting. And there's some some new faces and we made some moves. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's fall for me.
1: Okay, and that's actually a great segue into our next topic, James. Because
3: uh, <laughs> I you really needed a segue, man. Yeah, that I preci- nice, man. I
1: appreciate that as a host, because uh, I did want to ask you. You couldn't have you on without asking you about the Titans this year, because they, they had a lot going on this offseason. They, uh, you know, they they got rid of Julio. Uh, they signed Robert Woods. Then, then the big shocker of the draft, they uh, they trade AJ Brown to, to my Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and and draft traylon burks uh also you know minor move sign austin hooper a lot lot of changes on that offense so uh what do you what do you think about everything they've done also i didn't even mention that they they drafted malik willis in the third round so yeah uh so uh, they're kind of in the process of just totally remaking that thing so you just talked about it a little bit, but what what do you think is going to happen? Uh, you, you know, you're coming off the number one seed last year, and, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are definitely not expecting that this year.
3: Well, as we know, defense wins championships, and our, our defense is uh, looking better than it has in a long, long time. Uh, and I think they're they're playing with a lot of confidence, and I think uh, Bowen has really sort of figured out how to use all those pieces, which i got to give credit where it's due. I did not think that was going to work out, Uh, but he's sort of, he's sort of turned it around. And so, you know, that, that's certainly comforting. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on Tannehill uh, this season. Um, You know, he's starting to sort of look um, more like the guy that, that came over from Miami and less like the guy that, that led us, you know, to the playoffs the last three years in a row. So I think this is a, this is a really big year for him, whether it's, to stay put with us or get his next contract somewhere else. Uh, he's going to have to play better than he did last year. That's for sure. Um, You know, the trade was shocking and, you know, congratulations. It must be very exciting to know that, that Jalen and AJ are going to be together and already have some chemistry. But the truth is the money that he wanted and the offense that we run just, it didn't make sense. Like you can't, you can't invest that much know in a, in a wide receiver one who doesn't really you know play a typical wide receiver one position and isn't even on the field um you know for that many snaps so i, I understood it um even though it was a bummer and uh you know burks looks a lot like aj brown so yeah. <laughs> I, I mean and this isn't me just this isn't me being a homer this is like all right if i take a step back and like connect the dots and kind of look at the math about, you know, what they were thinking. Like, I get it. It makes sense. Robert Woods is healthy. Uh, He's a great leader for that room. Um, Austin Hooper, I thought was a very sneaky signing that nobody talked about much. Uh, I mean, we got almost nothing out of the tight end position last year. So that's an, an, it's immediate upgrade. Um, And then, you know, I buried the lead. What does it really come down to? It comes down to the king, and if he's fully healthy, and what kind of load he can handle. Uh, I like the Haskins pick because you know he's a power back that can that can come in and and spell Derek so that he's not carrying the ball you know 330 times. Uh, and then it's all you know. It's also about what happened uh, you know in that division, and uh, I'm not scared of Jacksonville. I'm not obviously nobody's scared of Houston and. People love people love to get on the Colts bandwagon man. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that team, but it's like there's some sort of weird conspiracy where every year it's like, all right, we're all gonna put <laughs> this it's like-, like when a weird little like uh, festival movie breaks through in every year like it's Sundance and it's almost sometimes they're dope and sometimes they're like what and it's just they- it's these locomotives that get out of control and I feel like that happens with the Colts every year. And when's the last time they did anything? So, you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but, you know, training camp will definitely tell us something.
1: Yeah, I I still think the Titans might be the the class of that division. Like you said, I think it's probably them. It's got to be them or the Colts. Uh, Houston and uh, uh, Jacksonville are kind of train wrecks. I do do like Jacksonville Mm -hmm. to improve with Doug Peterson there, former Eagles coach, but I I don't see them challenging for the division certainly so yeah i I think he's still got a pretty good chance at a playoff spot yeah it'll be interesting to
2: see how it all shakes out though well the question i had for you is what do you think about malik willis do you think he's the answer do you think he's the next guy are you kind of like man we'll see what we get out of him not really knowing what to think
3: you know i mean where we got him there's no downside um right if, if he does turn out to be the next guy like what a steal and if he doesn't like You know, took him in the third like that's that's pretty good capital. Um, I I think he's got a lot of untapped potential. He's obviously a very athletic guy. Uh, You know, the NFL is going to look very, very different uh, to him than college did. But there's no rush. He can sit. He can learn. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. And you're right. No risk, no, all reward. There's all upside there. You know, it,
2: it's a third round pick. There are so many third round picks that flame out in the NFL. It's like, man, okay. But I think a lot of people were shocked that he went that far. Like I think him and Ritter both were in that conversation with Pickett and then neither one of them got taken in the second. I think a lot of fans are like, what do they know that we don't know? So I was curious yeah, if you had that same kind of fear, I guess.
3: I was, I mean, I was there for the, for that second day of the draft. Um, I was lucky enough to sort of, I got to actually read one of our draft picks, which is like such a cool thing to be a part of when you know that like a a young dude's life is like changing in that moment and a dream is being realized. Um, But, you know, there was definitely a vibe of like uh, these quarterbacks are going to drop. You just watch. Um, And that's what happened. Like for all of the stuff we heard about, oh, like, you know, pick it, could go as high as, you know, whatever. And, and right. who's going to be the first one off the board. It could be any of these guys. Um, the vibe once we got there, like amongst the people and, you know, in the room where it happens was, <laughs> you know, oh, these quarterbacks are going to drop. They're all so, falling. Yeah. Yeah. And they're right. Okay. and We're also going to get
1: into a little Scott Fishbowl talk. Before we do, I did want to, somebody asked a question in the chat. that so I wanted to put up here, uh, Going back, I guess, to kind of some of the non-football stuff. I'm totally going to butcher her name. Jellion? Jillian? I, I'm sorry. if I, I totally butchered your name. But what was it like for him to visit the Grant for the first time?
3: Oh, I was very moving. The Grant is a, is a bar that uh, I, I own a piece of uh, in East Los Angeles. And you know, the reason I made the investment is because I wanted to pay tribute to uh, uh, my dog, Franck. Who I had for uh, a decade, and who crossed the the rainbow bridge a few years back, and the only art on the wall in the whole place is uh, is this beautiful uh, portrait uh, rendering of him, and uh, uh-huh. to, you know to see it uh, in a picture is one thing, but to stand there and and sort of see it up close and and sort of feel all of that was very special, and uh, I'm so glad I did it, and and uh the, the grant's doing great it survived the worst of the pandemic and you know if you're ever in glossel park or highland park or eagle rock and want a, a really good cocktail uh head over there to the grant there you go
1: <laughs> there you go Small plug. okay <laughs> gotta get this plug in Got it. Uh, but uh so scott Fishpool, uh we're gonna we're gonna bring up your roster in a minute and uh, talk about that but uh first you are uh, In the Twin Peaks division and uh, picked at number seven. Was that, was uh, I'm sure you chose the Twin Peaks division, which uh, makes a lot of sense given your 80s, 90s sensibility. But I Mm -hmm. guess talk a little bit about that. And did you pick pick seven or did you just end up with that?
3: Uh, ended up with seven. Uh, as soon as I saw that it was going to be cities, I was like, uh, he, I know he didn't forget about Twin Peaks. So that was, (laughs) that was a no, that was a no brainer for me. And man, I got the coolest group. Uh, I, I'm sure some of them joined because they're Twin Peaks fans. Some of them probably knew that I was in there and wanted to hang out with me in the chat room. We had a blast. Very, very generous. We came up with some really fun ways uh, to raise more money. It was, it was a really generous group. I actually I challenged them. I was like, I'm going to send 100 bucks to Toys for Todd for every Titan that lands on a roster in this division. There you and, go. Uh, and we got 12 which wow. is way too many.
1: Yes. Way um, <laughs> too many is, for almost any roster, for any yeah. team and any Askins, yeah. Like oh man,
3: had a, a real testament to the spirit of the group that we had. And then they they were all making donations to to my charities and other charities. It was it was a really good it was a really good group and uh I was very touched and it was a lot of fun to to be a part of.
1: Yeah, one of one of the we have a, a Dynasty Junkies listener Dynasty League, and one of the uh, guys in there is in the division uh, Stephen Munger. I believe yeah, name is. yeah, and he, he had mentioned the charity. He mentioned that yeah. today when we told you told him you were coming on, and he's like, yeah, he got, he got a lot of stuff rolling in there. There's a lot of a lot of good charity work going on in there. So uh, good That's to what hear. it's all about?
2: Yeah, connection, you're getting people together that don't get together, talking about charities you don't hear about. It's a great way to get a lot of information and a lot of uh, notice, I guess, to smaller things. It's awesome that it's working out like that.
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was pretty special. Props to all of those, all of those folks. I was. I honestly, I told them at the end of the draft, like it would be my honor to lose every game. Because <laughs> they were oh, all cool.
1: I did want to ask actually, because I, I didn't look it up before we get into this year's roster. I know uh, I meant to mention this at the top of the show. For anybody thinking, you know. What, what is what is this actor doing on a fantasy football pod, podcast? This is a guy who went 11-0 and a couple years ago in NSFB and, and won a dynasty league this past year uh, with the likes of guys like uh, J.J. Zacharison and Rich Rebar and some other guys in there. So so congrats first on that, uh, right. uh, James. But also I wanted to know, how did last year's SFB go? I imagine you did not go undefeated.
3: I did not go undefeated. I was the uh, poster boy for mediocrity. Uh, <laughs> It was not, especially coming off the season before. Uh, it was pretty forgettable uh, for me. And I don't even remember who I don't even remember who I had, but uh, it did not go well.
1: Okay, yeah, well, I did did my, mine either, James. So I'm right there with you. I, right. I did not make the playoffs. I, I wouldn't even qualify myself as mediocre. I think I won like four games last year. So uh, right there with you. So, <laughs> no. um, but we will bring up James Roster. Uh, let me share my screen here. Uh, I know we're going to do some listener submissions, too, uh, which uh, I know James said he may have trouble seeing the screen because of the issues with his eyes. But uh, I'm hoping he knows his roster fairly well. Uh, no, that's so- not bad. I can
3: I can see that. Actually, I can see that pretty well.
1: <sighs> OK, well, right. for those listening, uh, we'll, we'll run through some of the highlights. Um, Russell Wilson in the first, Mark Andrews uh, uh, when it came around into the second, CeeDee Lamb, Tua. Uh, his running backs are Montgomery, Sanders, and then he took Algiers as his third RB in the ninth. So it's, uh, it's got kind of, kind of really needs a lot from Montgomery and Sanders there, I think. Uh, the rest of them are the 13th and beyond. Uh, but like his receiver, CeeDee Lamb, Terry McLaren, Amin Ra, uh, who I, I believe you drafted, uh, last year. I think I remember talking about him last year. Yeah. Uh, Russell Gage, of course, uh, had, to, had to get Traylon. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, uh th- that's kind of the highlights there you know there's a lot of guys on that other side he d- did get Ritter and trubisky as qb potential qb3 which i actually kind of like that yeah because Trubisky true start the season and then Ritter yep. could finish the season and and you have a qb3 yep. for the entire season but uh i guess uh, talk a little bit about your roster and andrew maybe if you want to chime in on what you what you think of what james did after he uh, finishes up
3: sure uh as we all sort of feel compelled to do it was best quarterback on the board in the first round, um, which, you know, for our draft, uh, I think it was all quarterbacks one through six. Um, so Russ was Russ was the best guy sitting there. Uh, I just hope they let him cook, but he certainly has plenty of weapons in Denver. So uh, that felt good. Uh, Andrew's best player available in round two, especially in this format. My plan in the third round was to take uh, Derek Henry or Kyle Pitts, and they actually went in order, two picks before me. So nothing uh, better than so C D was the pivot. Uh, If the if the kid doesn't become a superstar this year, then uh, it's not going to happen because it's really set up for him to explode uh, in that offense. Um, fourth round, it was between Tua and Tannehill. So that was, Mm. uh, that was a tough decision for me. One with Uh, your brain and not your heart. One of those decisions. Yeah, I did. Um, again, they, they've just put so much talent around him in Miami and it's a make or break year. So gambled on that, uh, Montgomery, he stays healthy. Uh, you know, he's one of the few bell cows in, in the NFL, uh, felt like a decent enough foundation there. McLaren, I was shocked, was still hanging around, uh, probably because his quarterback is Carson Wentz, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it still felt like pretty good value there in the sixth. Uh, Sanders, I needed another running back. <sighs> and uh, Again, I think they proved that when they run the ball, they can have some success in Philly, take some of the pressure off Jalen. Uh, A.J., I think, is certainly going to help things for that running game. Again, if yeah. he can stay healthy, that could be cool. Amon Ra, uh, you know, we saw what he did last year. If if he can just do sort of a solid wide receiver two numbers, I'm not going to be bummed about that. And then my big reach for the whole draft was uh, Al Gier. I mean, who knows? I just – I'm looking at the competition for – for carries in that backfield. And it just doesn't look that stiff to me. So, uh, he's a guy that just bowls over people and is very hard to bring down. And I would think we'll get some carries at the goal line. And, uh, if he's a, if he's a complete wash, uh, and hopefully James Robinson will be back and, uh, Give me some most
2: You got some good depth. I mean, Boston Scott backing up Sanders, but Al Gear is definitely the one that I was looking at and saying, oh man, what was the thought process there? Cause I just think that's early, but at the same time in Scott Fishbowl, get your guy, right? I mean, this is, you can't trade anything. There there's no, there's no one way to win this league. So I love being risky. I, I have no, 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 no qualms at all by going, Hey, I think he's going to be the guy go get him.
3: Right. You, you don't know, was, know if
2: he's going to be there on the way back.
3: That was definitely my get my guy moment. And then, um, Gage sneaky. I, I like I that pick. He's a big sleeper this year. Uh yep. Godwin coming off the injury. Gronk um saying that he's that he's done for good. I think there's gonna be a lot of targets for, for Russell Gage, and he never drops the ball. So that's great. And then Traylon, you know, I had to have I had to have a Titan. And uh I like the fact that uh he had a sort of inauspicious start at OTA's couldn't stay on the field uh was having asthma because i i think that i think that's <laughs> yeah. why it dropped um so where i where i got him i was pretty happy to get him well that's great too Is uh,
2: rounding out your your starting lineup having a tennessee guy the rookie i mean that makes it fun to, you know you don't have to stack him with uh with Tannehill to have fun with that that's kind of a nice thing I know I'll briefly talk about my roster. I'm not going to get into it, but I'm a Bengals fan, as you can probably see in the wall behind me. And I got four Bengals on my roster. I'm happy about that. I got, I got Higgins, I got Boyd, I got McPherson. Like I am just, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, let's just load them all up because that way, if my team does well and I win the Scott Fishbowl, it's a great year. If my team does terrible and I lose the Scott Fishbowl, well, it was never my year to begin with, you know? So, it's kind of like it's all or nothing at this point. So, I totally respect going with your heart at some point. And where else but Scott Fishbowl? Might as well. You know what I mean? So, I, I love that team. I thought you did well.
3: Yeah, it's a wild ride. And uh, you got to remember to have fun, uh, especially when it's for such a good cause. So, exactly. Um, it's It's easy to sort of take a little bit of a different perspective when you draft these teams. That's the way to do it. Definitely.
1: Uh, you always want a different perspective because you're trying to compete against 3000 people this year. So Exactly. Um, a but, monster field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. The biggest ever. So we did say we were going to take listener submissions. We I, I mentioned this uh, on our Twitter thread, but I got a much bigger response uh, than I expected. <laughs> yeah. I think over 40 people, uh, you know, screenshot of the rosters. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to run through as many as we can here. Certainly not 40. We're not keeping James here until no. Friday. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the first one actually i mostly pulled these at random and is actually from someone in your division james at I was FF just say, what a case. start yeah i actually know uh this guy's name is jay uh, you may remember from the chat jay toll yeah um yep so here's his roster some of the highlights Dak in the first uh, cmc chase kamara uh went with Tanne- Tannehill, is qb2 yeah. uh waited till the 15th to grab mariota's qb3 uh did uh t- Friarmouth not until the ninth round is his only tight end. Uh, his other receivers, Hollywood, Brandon Cooks, Christian Kirk, Robert Woods, drivers lane. So he it got some pretty good depth there for, for waiting after Chase for a lot, uh, for a lot of them. So uh uh Andrew, what what, what do you think of this oh, roster?
2: I was gonna stack Titans on this one, right? He went with Tannehill Woods and Hooper. I mean, he's kind of going yeah. with the same logic I was just saying, but taking the players from, from Mr. Rode Rodriguez over here, like wait a minute, that's <laughs> that's your team, buddy. Like, what the
3: so, yeah, is you know, yeah, he Randy Bullock, which I think again—that's true.
2: That, yep. that, it's We're
3: yeah. just trying to raise money, so. Uh, I, but see, I love that. I love that. He's like,
2: I'm going for Titans. That's what. That's what makes this game fun, right? And I know. Uh, I think you guys are on one of the MFL leagues where you know you can start zero to four kickers. I, kickers are going to be an interesting wild card this year, right? Like it's it's so unknown about what that's going to do. And I know, in, and I'm in the live draft, so I'm on a sleeper league, and you have to start a kicker. So it's a little bit different, and that's where I think it's going to make some variation. I know. Rocky and I have had some discussions about this on and off the podcast about MFL versus sleeper. But I, I, I guess I was curious too, while we're bringing this up and you mentioned Randy Bullock, what are your thoughts about kickers in SFB? Is that something you were excited about? I mean, we did it last year. Did you feel like it was a good idea? Is it kind of like, meh?
3: Um, it's always going to be a little meh for me. I think, I mean, I did grab Boswell in the last round just because, uh, at that point you're throwing darts that are yeah, so deep right. that It's like, well, at least I know Boswell is going to put up points every week. And, right. uh, and who knows how prolific that Pittsburgh offense is going to be. They might be kicking a lot of field goals. Um, yep. I, I think it's, I think it's fun strategy wise. Do I want to be the guy that is like licking his chops at the end of the season, feeling good because he started seven kickers? <laughs> Like, no, but if it if you do it and it works, good for you. <laughs> it's
2: all about risk. We were talking about that before, right? Most of the kickers aren't going in the first 11 rounds. You know, you're not picking a lot of them as a starter. So, you know, you can get a guy, in this case, Randy Bullock, in your case, Boswell, you know, one of those players with a high floor. That's not a bad idea. But uh, back to this one and back to Jay's roster, I think this is actually a great roster. Jamar Chase at 302, you know, Kamara at 411, if he's not suspended at all. I mean, th- those are steals in those early rounds you're just backing up i mean you could have two top five running backs in that and that's just that's going to be hard to beat for any team and then chasing the third oh i'm jealous i'm jealous yeah i'm
1: i'm with you andrew i kind of love this roster uh i mean we Ro- will see how that shakes out yeah at QB two. that's the only one and he's got no Q- qb3 but he made up for it to me. I mean, the two running backs could be amazing uh, CMC and Alvin Kamara, especially if he doesn't get suspended. And I love like every receiver he went with like chase Hollywood. Those are all Hooks, your guys. Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and woods could be, could be the, uh, the wide receiver one for the Titans this year. So, yeah. uh, and you, like you said, you got the little mini stack with Tannehill woods and Hooper, kind of the low end stack. Uh, so yeah, I like this one a lot. And if you're going to wait till the ninth to draft a tight end, uh fireman seems like a pretty decent one.
3: He's going to be security blanket for whoever's taking. Right. Yeah. And I think it, 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 there's a lot of talk,
2: obviously like the, the Steelers got rid of Roethlisberger and I would say they upgraded to whoever it is, whether it's Trubisky or Pickett. And I think that's only going to help the offense, but there's a lot of people that are kind of like, Oh man, I don't know. They got rid of Roethlisberger and that offense is going to take it down. I don't know how it can get much worse. I mean, that guy could barely throw the ball. He was, you know, 40 years old. And I'm as someone who was 40, it's like, it's not that easy, man. Like just, just take yeah. a nap brother yeah i he
3: totally a, get it he was a liability they were winning yeah him not because of him.
2: yeah but
1: okay so uh
3: i have uh, bows up if you me. want
1: yeah i was trying to get it up and it was not coming up for i think i might be mistyping it or something
2: Well, i think it's there's a we'll do this one see if that works you just drafted a bunch of clouds <laughs> That's an interesting draft strategy. See how it works. See how it works, yeah. Well, here's Bo's. I know Bo was in the live draft in San Francisco. Okay, Uh, It's coming up. His first few picks, he's got Justin Herbert, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, Leonard Fournette, Zeke Elliott, and Justin Fields paired with Cole Komet there. So he went tight end bully with no receivers in the first seven rounds and three tight ends. I I mean, that's a different build. Again, we were talking about this a minute ago. If you're going to go with something different to stand out, this is the team to do that with. You know, Herbert and Fields as your two main QBs. He did take your boy Malik Willis in the 21st, backed up with Haskins in the 22nd. So he got some Titans at the end there. Not that it was it wasn't in the Twin Peaks, but still, like that's nice of him to help out the the, the the podcast tonight. But I mean, again, what do you think about Fields and Komet? I think those two could be uh, sleepers this year and, and be a possible stud duo.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, who else is catching passes? You got Darnell Mooney, who I guess everybody's going to plan for. Um, well, Nikhil Harry now, right? Nikhil Harry's going to be the wide receiver one there. Uh, no? Nobody believes that? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I think to me, Pitts is sort of like a slam dunk. Uh, he's, there's no way he only scores one touchdown again, and he already was putting up you know, the yards and getting the targets, so – uh i like going with i i wanted him i wanted him on my squad uh waller interesting see how he's affected by the arrival of you know big big shot Devontae. um fournette apparently needs to you know hit the treadmill uh, <laughs> and, uh get going before the the season starts i think yeah, look, this is almost sort of like a a, a namey version of a, of a zero running back strategy. <laughs> well, it's like a zero receiver. He's got like Bateman, Elijah Moore, Brandon
2: Ayuk, Tyler Lockett, Sky Moore. Like these are all like wide receiver twos, you know, kind of people that you're not studs, but could easily be great players. And then again, you get Fournette and Elliott and then kind of quiet after that running back. So, yeah, it's it's top heavy. I and, like and
1: it, fading wide receiver is a fairly popular strategy in. uh in sfb and and this is kind of the reason why i mean i mean he's got a lot of guys with some pretty good upside here Bateman yeah. and, and both moores i would say even yeah. kj osborne in the 17th i you know i could see a path for him like if thielen falls off a little bit of his age and and osborne emerges a little bit so yeah on
2: madison too right if cook gets hurt which he's had a little bit of issues with and running backs in general tend to get hurt so i mean it's not a down tick on anything it's just madison could be a steal in the 16th round you know
1: yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll, go on to the next one and maybe we keep doing this and just switching back and forth, Andrew, so you can pull up like the it. next one <laughs> uh, and then we'll make it a little easier. Uh, but this one is at gold jackets QB in the, in the super Mario division. Uh, he started off with st- three straight running backs. Did not draft a quarterback till the fifth JT uh, James's guy, Derek Henry and, and Aaron Jones to start uh, Mac Jones in the fifth. His QB two is Deshaun Watson in the eleventh, and Baker Mayfield backing him up in the in the twelfth. So uh, he he should have a second guy, but uh, if you're starting Baker for half to all the year, that, that that scares me a little bit. And then he went heavy on receiver, kind of around all those picks with Evans, DJ Moore, Judy uh, Hopkins, uh, Ayuk, uh, a lot of receivers on the on the you know the later half of the draft too, kind of dart throws. So. Uh, James, what do you think? This is a little different, build than any we looked at so far. To me, waiting on those quarterbacks like this, I'm a wait-on-quarterback and dynasty guy, but in redraft, you can't get the value later because everyone's just trying to score points anyway. You can get value on guys like Tom Brady and and Cousins because they're older or people just don't like them for whatever reason in dynasty. and In redraft, that doesn't happen, so this scares me. But what do you think?
3: Uh, If those top three running backs stay healthy, he's going to be able to hang. If they don't, uh, he's in trouble. Uh yes. I I don't I personally don't see Deshaun Watson taking a snap this season so uh you're looking at Mac Jones and Baker Mayfield That's yeah. scary <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people like 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 Mac
1: Jones is sort of a, a sleeper type in this format because they think he's going to complete a lot of passes and things like that. I just that's great that he's not taking the negative. Like if he finishes at sixty six percent or more, it's not taking the negative for completions. But where 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 are the like the touchdowns coming from? Like Tyquan Thornton, yeah. Devontae Parker, like
3: like where are the touchdowns coming? I mean, who knows, yeah. right? He's 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 he put his he put his stock in, in three really good running backs, and uh, I hope for his sake that they stay healthy and and uh, that some other stuff goes wrong for the people that he's playing. <laughs> well, King Alexis. Henry, you got to
2: love that, right? Come on. Yeah, it, look, it's such a boy there.
3: I got plenty of faith in Derek. Jonathan Taylor's obviously a beast. Aaron Jones, obviously, it comes down to what's that split going to look like and how yeah. many touchdowns is he going to lose to Dylan. Um, Mike Evans is just Mike Evans. Uh, and, and until he stops being Mike Evans, he's a wide receiver one, and you got to feel good about that. Uh, who's throwing to DJ Moore? I don't know what that. I don't know what that looks like. Is Baker. It, right? In theory, it, it could Baker. be Baker.
2: He's got the stack. <laughs> yeah, he, he got. I guess if he gets yeah. to play the whole year, we don't know yet, right? Darnold might still be there. We. I mean, maybe they sign Cam Newton again. I mean, honestly, Carolina is just a,
3: a little bit of a train wreck, and I love it. I mean, who's the guy that you want? The reason I didn't stack Russ is because mm-hmm. I was like, I just don't know. Same, I think, yeah. I think his number is going to look great, but I I can't figure out like who his go-to trust. To be. I yeah. I think it's going to be uh, Sutton. I think so too. But again, that we, it's literally we could be totally point. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Don't sleep on Tim Patrick either. Like that's right. There's there's a that's lot true. of mouth to feed in in Denver.
1: Yep, and the both running backs are good pass catchers. I mean, it's yep. probably going to be spread around pretty heavily. So.
2: Uh, Andrew, you have the next one up? I'm ready to go. Yep. So the next one comes to us from FF. I'll add that one. Here we go. So first QB, we got Lamar Jackson and Kirk Cousins, your boy there, Rocky. I know you're a huge Kirk Cousins fan. Uh, Round three, you went with DeAndre Swift, Mike Evans in the fourth, Travis Etienne in the fifth. Some names we're familiar with. I will say this is the first team that doesn't have any Titans on it, so I'm guessing James hates it. But, you know, (laughs) it's uh, But well, what do you think about this one, James? Again, a little bit different build than we've seen. But you know, Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, and then wait until Mariota and Huntley in the third to back up Lamar well, as your fourth before, quarterback. I mean,
1: before yeah. James chimes in, I yeah. wanted
2: to—I want to
1: just throw it to to another guy who might want to comment on some of these rosters. We I Have, have a- an opinion. Yeah, but we have another guy who might know a little bit about Scott Fish bowl rosters. Uh, that's joining us here. Uh, there will be Mr. <laughs> Scott Fish himself, and in, in the dark because I think he's outside somewhere.
4: Yeah, it's it's actually really dark here, but I still have my <laughs> shades on because I saw James was wearing shades. And I think was a cool thing to do.
3: Glad you got yeah. the memo, Scott.
4: <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good good, 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 Scott. Let me try coming into the light.
1: Yeah, if you, if you can uh, see this oh, roster we here,
3: we just. Know. We're just shamelessly tearing apart people's rosters as if as if ours are better. That's that's basically where we're at in the I, show. I assume that's why he invited three thousand people <laughs> so he could just have more people to bash on this
2: thing. You know,
4: just like these are
1: all
2: terrible. now. I'm just
1: Well, we you. can bash Scott's pretty soon too. So. Yeah. No, there, there, there are
4: two hundred ninety two thousand nine hundred ninety nine better than mine. There you go. I, yes, I had some tough ones in my division. My my nine year old was just really tough on me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard a lot of good things good? about his roster. Yeah. 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 He's an interesting case study because he doesn't like, he doesn't know dynasty. He, he doesn't, doesn't follow know Twitter event. hype. Oh, he doesn't yeah. follow podcast like so. sleepers. So when people are taking like Cole Komet and Gabriel Davis and stuff, he's like, I'll take Melvin Gordon and Amari Cooper. He's like, he's just racking up points. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't know what the hype is, you know? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and um, hey, maybe that's what it takes to win, right? You never know. This thing is so awesome. I love what you've done with the scoring every year, tweaking it. Nobody ever gets complacent. You know, every year is like, man, what are we going to do this year? We got to figure out a whole new thing. I love it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, done on purpose. <laughs> to make smart. Think Very year. smart.
2: Well, we'll get back to Shui for a second. I guess, Scott, you, you're looking at the roster. I don't know if you can see it on yours. But, I mean, what do you think about this one as opposed to – you you mentioned Melvin Gordon. I mean, maybe this is a roster your son would like.
4: I actually threw my glasses back on because they're prescription. And <laughs> I, I need to be able to read it. Yeah. Um, I mean Lamar, Kirk yeah, Cousins, DeAndre I mean, Swift. It's a solid it's, start. This is probably a roster I would like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like getting a couple of quarterbacks early. I like having at least one strong wide receiver, running back. He's got a couple, and some, and Gordon's going to be fine. I like yeah. this roster, man. I probably would have tried to grab a tight end earlier, but um, for waiting that long, that's, that's well. This is our long. first
3: opportunity to talk Travis Etienne and and yeah, uh, what we think that might look like. In, in this new, newly vamped Jacksonville offense with a new coach, uh, it's kind of a wild card. But if it hits, good for Shuey. Well, and coming yeah. off of injury too, ETN's kind of a risky player in general
2: this year. There's a lot of question marks around him. But you're right, if he hits, that's a fifth rounder. If, if ETN's a top ten running back, that's a you're crushing it. You know, that's a great value.
3: Hundred percent. All right, Rocky, yeah, so you got, got the next one. Yeah,
1: I got the next one. We're, we're trying to uh, kind of. Lightning round some of these going right. forward so we can get as many in as possible. Uh, this is from at jpeakff. He started QBQB, QB, which is what I also did. Uh, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers for him, grabbed Elliott and Connor in the fourth and fifth, uh, Damian Harris in the eighth. So that's kind of his main running back core. Took Devontae in the third, McLaurin, Thielen, Lockett is his uh, the two through four. Uh, took a fire on Sky Moore in the 13th, and that was pretty much it. For some reason, he drafted Darius Slayton late, which I have no idea why. So, so that pick's not so great. But uh, another guy went with Pat Fryermuth as his main tight end in the ninth. Uh, Goff is his QB three. So, so James, what are your thoughts
3: on this one? I mean, look, the first 11 rounds, he played it pretty safe, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he got tried and true dudes here. Uh I mean, it's like sometimes for me, I'm like, I got to do something wild and and sexy. Like, what's the euphoria pick? But uh, (laughs) this this is a this is a really solid drafter. Like he's going with known quantities. And if he gets, you know, 80 percent of the production that these people gave last year, he's going to be in there. He's going to be right in there.
2: I like what he did with the uh, the 2021 stacks with Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Like, I just don't know if this thing got the magazine for this year, right? He's like, wait a minute, Adams is where? You know what I mean? Like, I love that, like going with the old school stacks. Maybe that works. I don't know. It's a different tactic.
3: And, you know, Tunyon comes back healthy. Yeah. We know that Rodgers trusts him. Uh, that, could be, that could be a steal on the 14th. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of like this build in general. I'm just not super high on Rodgers. I I think he's going to – it's going to be hard to see where all the the touchdowns are coming from. I'm afraid Jones and Dylan are going to gobble a lot of those up. Uh, So, I mean, he is Aaron Rodgers, so probably find a way.
4: uh, Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say he went QB 11. Like, even if you're not high on Rodgers, QB 11 was like a decent point.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um,
2: Okay, so, Andrew, you want to pull up the next one? Yep, I got the next one here, Dynasty Eeyore in the Madison-Wisconsin division, which I know Scott is uh, – That was that a live draft? I don't think it was, right? This is the slow oh. Madison? No. Yeah. <coughs> this is the Minneapolis, I think, was the other one. But, yeah, so Dynasty Eeyore over here, Corey Deaton. I'm uh, friends with him, actually. He's in a couple leagues with me. But Tom Brady, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, T. Higgins, Ryan Tannehill starts started. So, again, back to the Titans. He's also got Austin Hooper uh, as is one of his tight ends. Pat Fryermuth. We're seeing a lot of Friermuth on teams today.
4: Yeah, uh, three interesting. in
2: a row. I mean, again, Waddle, Darnell Mooney, Drake Lennon, that's a solid receiving group. Uh, but after uh, Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill, crickets at the QB position. This is a risky move, in my opinion. I know that with the way you set up scoring, Scott, I mean, tight end, or sorry, quarterbacks can be a pun- like a punishment to start a bad quarterback. I know last year, I think I had negative five points from, from somebody, and I was like, man, it would have been better off not starting anyone in that position. Yeah. Like, oh, man, because it just gets brutal. So maybe there is some logic in only picking two quarterbacks and saying, "Yeah, screw it after that. I don't care. I just don't want the negative, but this is another different build. I mean, Higgins in the fourth. I love that obviously as a Cincy fan, but I mean, Brady, I love Brady at QB eight. I think he's a stud in this format. So what do you think, James? I'll kick it to you first. What do you think about this roster?
3: I think everybody took Pat Faramuth in the ninth round. Know, that's, what it, exactly. that's what it feels like. <laughs> that's what I've learned. Uh, again, I think it's, I think it's pretty solid. Like, I, I don't really see any huge reaches here. I think, you know, you're counting on Darnell Mooney to be a guy you can start every week. Uh, hopefully that comes true for, uh, for this draft. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like, I was, I had Drake London on my radar for sure. It feels like he, he could get a lot of targets in that offense. Um, I guess the depth doesn't stand out quite as much as as some of the other drafts we've looked at. So you're you're really hoping that your starters stay healthy and and deliver the goods here. Yeah, I mean he's got Snoop Connor, David Bell, Amir White, some
2: of those like long reach, you know, potentially starting guys. But I mean at that round you're just trying to have anybody with upside. I don't mind that you know kind of going to those late picks at all. I do,
4: I do kind of like the like in deeper drafts a lot of times I'm taking dart throws at wide receiver late in SFB. I kind of like. I kind of like those second and third running backs just in case yeah. you hit the Elijah Mitchell before the waivers well,
2: and uh, there's no trading either. So you're kind of stuck. If you don't have a running back, you, you're going to need him, you know, and with 22 roster spots, that's pretty deep. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, this is, is a
4: James yeah. is right. I don't feel like this team is like, it's a starting lineup and I, he's going to have troubles on buys and injuries unless someone really steps up. I think James is right.
2: Watch that waiver wire. Exactly. He may already be submitting claims, you know, (laughs) I I
1: totally agree on the running backs. We didn't bring up Andrews in mind to try and get to more of the the listeners, but uh, that's exactly what I did on the, on this second half here. uh, The right side here, there's a lot of red. I was trying to, nail a lot of running backs and hopefully I hit on one or two of them. It's injured starter or guy emerges or something like that. Uh, before we move on to the next one though, Scott, I wanted to get your thoughts. I've made the point and I, I could be completely off base because I didn't go back and look at the rosters, but everyone says about how they, you know, you really need a different build 3000 people. And that makes a whole lot of sense, but I feel like I've been in the last three and and i feel like that the winners haven't necessarily had crazy builds like there there's not guys drafting like five tight ends to start or or waiting on quarterback until the 10th round what what are your thoughts on the whole we have to be different kind of thing uh,
4: i think it depends on the year um i will say that the the teams that end up in the top 10 generally have a have a couple stud running backs and their quarterbacks hit last year the guy who won it all he hit on seven of his first eight picks, and for the fantasy playoffs, he had the Burrow Chase stack. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. like,
1: it went off yeah. something like
4: that's just gonna like if you hit on seven of your first eight picks and you have that stack for the playoffs, that's that's how we won it.
2: Hard to yeah. lose when you
4: have that, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll pull up the next one. Uh, we have this guy Scott Fish twenty four. Oh. <terrible>. Here it is. Uh, uh, Kyle Pitts at one twelve,
3: yeah, Dude, you went and got your guy. Good. Yeah, on that's,
4: you. that's that's me and SFB. I don't even care anymore. I just get my guys. That's that's, <laughs> yep. that's what it's turned into. Um, but no, I, I actually don't like this team at all. Honestly, <laughs> I I the people I was drafting with every 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 time I I'm on a corner, every time I tried to, to project what would happen between my corner and the next corner. I was dead wrong. I got I got tail ends of runs. It was not a good draft for me. I don't even expect to make the playoffs with this thing. It um, feels so. like
1: just seeing this. It feels like you might be one of the higher people, higher drafters on Cole Komet, too. I feel like I saw him going later than than this, the the six twelve.
4: Yeah, actually, our draft like that's tight end eleven. Like that's our draft. got really tight end heavy early. Right. Well, I do like the a...
1: Hertz pick, though. I, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty high on Hertz for 2022. And I, I, my feeling is I drafted him as well, so obviously I'm high on him. But uh, my feeling is his floor is probably, uh, even if he just does what he did last year, he's a QB one. And I think there's like the small percentage outcome chance that, you know, he goes nuts and he improves yeah. as a passer and he runs a lot. And, and he him and Kyler have, to me, kind of break fantasy potential. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I like uh, the Russell Gage pick, not just because I made it, but because I right. think uh, I think that's a guy that you probably leave in your starting lineup all season.
4: Um, Which guy, Russell, Russell Gage. Gage? Oh yeah, yep. I was actually happy with the wide receivers I get got, considering I waited till the ninth round to even start getting them. But like I f- I figure I can make three wide receivers out of those guys and the waivers that know sure. a lot of the season. Well, and this was um, a
2: live draft too, right? You did yeah, this the first two rounds?
4: No, 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 this one wasn't. I, oh, it wasn't. We okay. had like 60 some people show up for the Minnesota live draft. So we only did four and I I, I stepped back. Gotcha. Um, it was insane. The both I went to the Minnesota and LA live drafts and they were both just crazy awesome. Um, yeah. The Minnesota one, uh, I in we did two drafts and then we did two drafts after. In the in-between pause, I went out to get food and drinks and stuff, you know, for my nine-year-old son who's there with me, Ian. Um, he's Scott Fishbowl on this, if you look him up, um, uh, if you're looking. But uh, yeah, so he's using like the commissioner account. I want to see uh,
3: Ian's team. I'm also going yeah. to get through yeah, some, some out. Of it. I got yeah. it. Keep, keep talking. I'll be right back.
4: Okay. Yeah. So um, what do he you say? He's going to go, what?
1: I, I'm not sure. Oh, Something about the dog, about? maybe? Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, what was I saying? Something about the live draft. But the live drafts were- You, drafts. Mentioned, the you
1: mentioned Ian's team before he- the
2: gap he in the middle, yeah.
4: Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so, I was at the- We were at the live draft, and Ian, during the first draft, like, he's announcing picks and stuff, <laughs> and he's actually, like- like giving people a little bit of crap on picks. And stuff. Oh, that's and awesome. Like,
2: yeah. Where did he learn <laughs> that from, Scott?
4: I, I don't know. Well, it might be, it's just him, actually. like He's not on I, Twitter. I, I do that at my home league, though. Like, we we nice. do that at our home league. But uh, oh, we we're, we're, were in between the drafts. You can pull up Skip, Scott Fishbowl. And yeah, I got it up. It. Yeah, let, let's, I was going to wait
2: for Jamie and yeah, we can start into it here. So, yeah, we'll pull it up. So here we go. Josh Allen at the 101. Smart kid. Honestly, like, that's a great yeah. pick. There's nothing wrong with that. Wow. Chase well, at the 212.
4: Yeah. Where, where I was going.
1: Chase. Oh, man.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was a, that's a good, good getting him there. Um, yeah. I feel like, like, I mean, you can see Michael Carter scored points last year. JD McKissick scored points last year. Like, um, and he's back where he is. Like, Corey Davis. Who's to say oh. he's not the target leader there? You know? Like, <laughs> honestly, you never know. Yeah. Like Devin Duverney could easily be the number two wide receiver in Baltimore. My my son was just like, I'm just gonna keep plucking points here, you know? Like
2: honestly, he reminds me of a couple of guys that I know of, but one of them is the the kind of guy who shows up to our annual keeper league redraft, getting the magazine on the way to the draft, doing no research at all, and just being like, How is Amari Cooper still here? And he goes up and you're like, Damn it! How is Amari Cooper still like? <laughs> just his team is great every year, and he does no prep, and it's just like, wow, he just goes for value and he just nails it. So yeah, Ian crushed That's, this draft.
4: Yeah, I, I feel and like Elliot? Was, oh, man. Um, yeah, yeah. When he took like it seemed like it felt like everybody was just avoiding Elliot and he, and my when he got back to like you can see it's on the other corner, four hundred one yeah. to yes. five twelve. When it got to five twelve, he's like, what's like just yeah. like he said, he's like, why is Elliot still here?
1: That's There's some news nice. I didn't hear yet. Yeah, exactly. first downs <laughs>
4: galore between those two. Yeah, he took them immediately. Yeah, oh. it's it's not bad. And like uh, he follows the NFL draft, so like he he had rookies that Traylon he had Brooks, wanted yeah. to get, but he didn't get all of them. But he got a couple of them, and um, it's no, awesome. What was it's a good team? It? It's a good team. Yeah, it's not bad. Oh well, Jimmy G, I, was, I mean that
2: could be a good pick.
4: Jeez. Yeah, I know. He was very interested in the Atlanta Falcons calling calling I uh, saw that uh, on Jimmy Twitter. G.
1: Did they answer?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, it was fun. But yeah, like through four through five rounds of his draft, I'm like, what, what is going on, Ian? You're just taking <laughs> it. But, oh, what was I saying? Oh, at the live draft. Yeah, um, yeah. So we were in between the rounds and in between the two drafts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get in there and get these drafts started. I walk into the room where they're doing the drafting because it's like a bar and there's like stuff. And then there's two rooms that we have for the drafting. I walk in there and I'm like, I, I noticed it's halfway through the first, and everybody's like, he's got it, he's got it. Ian got <laughs> oh, up, no way, a speech, started the drafts, <laughs> oh my like, announcing the first round picks, doing the stickers. And in I'm a like, few years, it's going to be Ian Fishel. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I I was like, you are a a nine-year-old menace out there. That's
2: amazing. That's amazing. Yeah.
4: Okay. Well, we'll hit a few more
1: uh, that were sent in from Twitter, and then we'll finish up with uh, James's league and find me a trade. So perfect. uh, This one's from at Dino MC, Mitch. Mitch from Dynasty Theory. When I, I, I pulled this up, I was just curious. As the thought occurred to me, he's in the Valhalla division. So we have all these fake uh, places. Do you come up with all these on your own, or did you ask people for some fake submission, like fake city submissions? Or
4: I actually, this this is the first year I did not choose any of the divisions. I, I there's just too much to do nowadays. Uh. That I, I the guys that make the avatars and the banners and uh, like uh, my design the design team like mm-hmm. the uh, Avi makers i i was like you know what you guys just pick all the cities and if you don't have enough pick a bunch of fake cities and the second that came out they just went wild oh, man. But, yes because they're the ones that have to design all the banners and design all the avatars And i'm like you guys figure out the ones you want to do and we'll just throw them out there that's a cool so, idea
1: that actually makes a lot of sense and saves you a bunch of work
4: yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> you got plenty
2: to do yeah
1: Okay, so uh, Dino MC, he, he took Lamar at 105. Uh, I feel like a lot of people waiting on their second QBs. Justin Fields at 605 was his QB2. Uh, Saquon in the third and then didn't go again at running back to Miles Sanders and Chase Edmonds in the eighth and ninth. Uh, barely drafted running backs at all. Got Jarek McKinnon in the 17th and then Geo in the 22nd. Uh, but he has Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, Rashad Bateman, DeAndre Hopkins. Got Wentz as a QB3. Uh, Jarvis Landry late, which I say a lot of people seem to get him in that 13th, 14th range. He may, he may end up being a decent value. Uh, I I kind of like this team. I think maybe he can piece together that QB too. Uh, I'm definitely worried about running back. Although I do think Miles Sanders is a bit of a value that's kind of going underrated, sure. but, but, but James, what do you think?
3: I agree on Sanders. Uh, yeah. We established he's on my squad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm interested for all the people that took DeAndre Hopkins and are probably thinking, oh, as soon as he's back from suspension, I just plug him in. Um, I think that's an interesting narrative to follow this, this season. If he just picks up right where he left off and, and he and, and Kyler are, and are back in business and he's a clear number one, or, you know, what if Kyler and Marquise Brown become BFFs over those six weeks? College teammates. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what we get from DeAndre when he comes back. So that'll be an interesting, uh, interesting one to watch.
1: Yeah, and I also, I mean, Hopkins, Hopkins, I think, wasn't maybe as good as people think he was last year. I mean, he, he didn't have the volume he usually gets, and he was living a lot off of touchdowns last year, um, which is, you know, good if you're getting them, but uh, – yeah. Yeah, and we'll see what the if, if the volume ticks up this year. I mean, missing six weeks doesn't seem like a good uh, omen for that. So um, we'll see how it goes, though. Uh, Andrew, you got the next one? Maybe we we the next two one. more after that.
2: Sounds good. Yep. So the next one we got here is from N Anduri NFL from Anand Nanduri. Uh He's a fan of the show, as you can see. This is awesome. Psych is his favorite show ever. So good. Good pick to have on this one um i just i worry because again the only tennessee titan on this is austin hooper so i don't know how much he likes psych if he doesn't have a lot of tights <laughs> i do love his quarterback though joe burrow matt stafford to start out with and then zach wilson has his qb3 i i, I agree with that lock it down you're done you don't need any more after that uh joe mix and james connor devin singletary and then alexander madison like i mentioned before there's hassan haskins you got your tennessee guy there i guess that's there great. you go yeah and that's a good deep round running back that we were talking about like that's a that's a guy that again not i'm knocking on all the wood i have right now i'm not saying anything negative about henry but haskins it does have the ability to step in and potentially be a a league changer so i like that depth pick there and then receiver he's got evans keenan allen rashad bateman elijah moore tyler boyd so he's got a stack with boyd kind of there and mcpherson like i was doing um he's also got joe mixon of course so he's doing a lot of cincinnati players i'm a fan of this guy Uh, but again i (laughs) Scott, I guess let's jump to you first. What do you think about this one with Burrow at the one hundred and five, Stafford at the two hundred and eight? Is that kind of how you do it, or would you go a different it's,
4: direction? It's just like I mean, I generally like to get uh, early tight end as well, but if, when I don't, when when I miss on them, the the first build that uh, that you showed me when I got on here and this build, same same things, a couple quarterbacks, a stud a stud running back or two early in the five first five six rounds. That's the way I like to start my drafts. I I really don't I really don't feel like wide receiver. I feel like wide receivers' value is in their depth. So if you can throw a lot of a lot of darts at him, which he did, you know, I I would I would build a team like this. I I would not wait that long on tight end once again. But <laughs> I mean, that's just a me thing. I really like having solid tight ends in this league.
1: And, and it's yeah. really I'm just gonna say it's really hard to to not sacrifice something in Scott Fisher. Right. So. Yeah,
4: yeah. Like I, I sacrifice the wide receivers clearly that for, for me, a tight end in, in fishbowl scoring, a tight end that goes four for 40. Um, they're usually first down. So that's a double digit day and yep. four for 40 is barely that big of a day, you know? Yep. So um, Gaseki can get that easily,
2: right? That's exactly what you're talking about. Like Goseki can get four for 40 without even blinking with Tua. I mean, like that's not asking a lot. You're exactly right. What do you think about this one, James?
3: I like this build. I think it's uh, a lot of high floor guys, and then some dudes with upsides. Uh, I mean, R- Rashad Bateman is a huge question mark for for all of us. If we're being honest, I think everybody wants to believe that like that's going to happen, um, but his quarterback is still Lamar, and you know, I we've yet to see a a, a prolific, you know, passing sort of juggernaut offense out of Baltimore. So. Uh, you know that that's one that's like uh, if it hits, awesome. If it doesn't, you know he's got Elijah Moore uh, and Tyler Boyd. Um, but I like I like Burrow and Stafford at the top. I mean that's baller. Yeah, that's gonna be hard. Okay. That's the that's the first team I've seen with five Bengals. I want to say
2: that's more than I had, so I'm a fan. If you count P <laughs> Ryan, that's five. That's that's five Cincinnati players. You can't beat that. Your it's turn, Rocky. They had offense
1: to have five players. No, yeah. not this year anyway. Okay, well, I'll do one more, you do one more, and then we'll then we'll, we'll, we'll call it a night on the Scott Fishbowl rosters. But uh, this is from uh, Nick Martinez and uh, BR, who's in uh, TA3 with me, great guy. Uh, he uh, This may be a build that Scott kind of likes, because it starts with two pretty good – well, Trey Lance is interesting. I'm curious what you yeah. think of Trey Lance, because it's not really two stud QBs, but it's two QBs. We don't know what Trey Lance is. Um, we don't. And, yeah, anybody have any thoughts on Lance?
3: Well, if Lance – Struggles. Um, all I see is Geno Smith, so that's not yeah. great. I like
2: the Lance Kittle stack, I think that's a fine idea. You got Herbert and, and Williams as a stack, and I like to stack in these big tournament type things, so that's kind of where my brain goes. But I mean, again, Kittle in the third at 311, I mean, that's that's tremendous value. I mean, I think sometimes people forget about him a little bit this year, but if Lance gets the starting job and they actually trade Jimmy G. Lance could be a top 10 QB easy, right? I mean, his upside is, is really high, but his floor is really low. So I don't mind going risk it for the biscuit at 211. You know what I mean? Like, Let's go get some guys and let's go get the guy we want. And again, this one, if I'm not mistaken, was in Oakland, California. Is that what it says? Yeah, I'm
1: saying yeah, that's kind of hitting. I thought it, it was Oakland. But yeah, but like a-
2: sometimes that has a hand in it too, where it's like, you know, these these local- the localations, localizations of these drafts has really changed a lot of it too. And I again, props to you, Scott, because that's brilliant. I mean, I'm drafting in Canton, Ohio, and I'm, I'm waiting to go. At I got Burrow in the first at 103, and I'm like, 210, I'm taking chase. I'm going to reach for him. Nope, I get sniped at 209, and it's like, of course I did, because I'm in Ohio. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just Everything matters. All those little, like all, all the L.A. drafts, all those things, like all of those guys are drafting L.A. players, they're drafting California players, like Lance in San Francisco, went at like 105, I think. You know, so like there's there's some love for that, and that's something I think yep. that gets overlooked in the ADP. It's like, These are not your normal drafts. Like, these are local drafts. That is such a good twist, and it's such a good thing to see because it's that in-person part of fantasy that we've been missing for the last couple years. So, again, massive love to you, Scott. I thought this was genius. But anyway, back to Trey Lance. I think it's a good pick. I think that the running backs are solid on this team and have a lot of upside, but there's a lot of risk in that second half, too.
1: It's going to be interesting, too, because I just look at it. I think his second, fourth, and fifth picks in Lance Williams and A.J. Brown, I think they all have humongous upside,
2: yeah.
4: but
1: could all have pretty not great. Floor. I think A.J. Brown has a decent floor, but could definitely, as his wide receiver one, I can see that not going well. I could see Devonte even outscoring him uh, potentially uh, or just being so spread around that none of them are, are all that great. But, uh, Andrew, you want to bring up the last one, and then we'll we'll yep. finish off this
2: segment? Got the last one here for uh, C2C Dynasty Merc, which Scranton, Pennsylvania. Now, this one is a real city, but it's kind of a fake city. And again, I thought that was brilliant. Like, where it's like Scranton, PA, we all know what that's referring to. So that was brilliant. Um, but so C2C mm-hmm. Dynasty Merc here went Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, Stefan Diggs in the third, Darren Waller, DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy, and there's that Cole Komet guy again. So, again, another one of those teams. We've seen some of these names. And, again, not a single Titan on the squad. I mean, oh, what were we doing? But I love Allen at 102. I mean, there's a very rare that, that Allen didn't go 101. So, I thought that was an interesting – got to get him if he's there at 102. Uh, Tua at 211, and it's kind of ironic how that lines up bird wise But, I mean, Tua at 211 seems a little early. But it's get your guy season. So, go do it. And I think Diggs, again, at 311 after the third-round reversal. Man, Diggs at wide receiver six, that could be – he could be wide receiver one again, easy. So it's just, again, a lot of value on that top half of that team. What do you think of this one, Scott?
4: Um,
2: It's yeah. zero RB, kind of, right? I mean, it's, it's light RB. I,
4: I would have a lot of trouble without the running backs, but, like, it, oh, man, he's going to have a and lot he, of trouble.
1: He didn't even go that heavy on them either. No. Like, he only drafted
3: five.
4: Like, like, Ramondre Stevenson is a guy – sorry, my – Computer started talking. Uh, reminder <laughs> Stevenson is a guy that that I find very interesting that late because if anything, if James White doesn't come back right away, or if he's hampered early, if he if he's especially if he's put on like PUP to miss the first six games, yeah. like he could really be involved. And if anything happens to Harris, like they showed that they are more than willing to give stevenson 20 plus touches plus stevenson was handling like as the season went on he was handling more and more passing work so if james white is out that i mean he could take entire drives and stay on the field for third downs um yep. that's that is interesting there and every everybody loves pollard but man I'd, I'd be i'd be so scared to walk into the league with these running backs though me too yeah Again, what do you think james you're, you're on the same page you're gonna have a weakness.
3: Same page. I I could imagine weeks where he's like, I can't believe I have to start one of these running backs. (laughs) Yeah. Chips don't fall the right way. You're basically like, what part-time player or backup or gadget guy do I actually have to start? And if it's a playoff type week, you know, that's not ideal. I mean,
4: there's going to be a lot of weeks where those, the Henderson and Williams don't even get touches. Exactly. So, oof. It's an interesting build. James
2: Crochet. And Will Fuller, which I love the free agent pick, right? Maybe he Will Fuller's got some upside, right? Maybe he goes to Green Bay, as everybody says for every player. Like maybe Julio lands in Green Bay and like the most biggest possible upside. But maybe he lands in LA and plays with Stafford on the Rams. And it's like, oh, that's not great. You know what I mean? Like, so you just it's a risk, but I love it in the 22nd round.
4: We we say this now and watch either Harris or Elliott get injured, or watch <laughs> be the, watch this be the again, guy that knocking on, wood. knocking on wood on yeah. an Elijah Mitchell type running back be, uh, right at week one, and then he has a starter all year. Wow.
2: That's I definitely killing it. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> spent a lot of money on Tyson Williams last year and regretted that. So that <laughs> was uh, that was terrific. Yeah, uh, but anyway, yes, lots of good upside. I love this team. I think it's a really good again zero RB kind, kind of. I mean ninth round that counts very
4: strong at, at three positions. Pretty yeah. decently He's, strong. Yeah, he can hit at the running back. Or four. That's that's those are two really good kickers, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah.
2: All right. Okay. Uh
1: so that's gonna finish up the Scott Fishbowl, uh 12 rosters. Uh, appreciate uh Scott popping on to talk about them. Uh James, I, I know we've kept you here a while. You you still got time to talk about your dynasty league a little bit before we, we sign off
4: here?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, throw me a bum.
1: <laughs> <Scott.
4: laughs> <laughs> I will head out, though, but I will say, go to RoadDogsAndRescue.org and donate right. there.
1: We talked about for that sure. at the beginning. Definitely. We'll do yeah. for sure. Thanks nice Scott. for coming on,
4: Scott. You guys have a great one. Thanks.
1: Okay, so we are going to move on to our Find Me a Trade, which it's also a combo of just sort of kind of giving a little overview of James' Dynasty League uh, uh, experience here. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last year uh, when he was on. It's, just, it's your only Dynasty League, correct? It's the only one I got. And as we mentioned, some some heavy hitters in there. Also some other Hollywood guys. I know Tom Everett Scott's in there. I think you mentioned a couple of writers uh are in there. Uh, and uh, it's a 12-team PPR superflex league. Uh, there's no tight end premium, uh, 25-man rosters. It's uh start 10, a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end that's super flex, and then two flexes. Uh I figured we could uh kind of get into some of the trades uh james has made already this off season, uh go into some of his rookie picks and then we'll talk about some uh, uh trades we, we me and andrew found for him and see what james thinks of him uh i will say too james is like one of the it's not a super active league in the offseason it looks like but james seems to be one of the most active guys in yeah. there he's, he made three <laughs> trades this off season. i feel like if james had a didn't have a job where he's constantly his time is all consumed <laughs> he, he would be the degenerate junkie like me and you andrew and, and just yeah. you know in way too many leagues, but
3: <laughs> I love making deals. I love uh this is the like I said, my only dynasty league. So it's the only league where I can like, mm. you know, trade right. picks, which is which you know, I'd never done before I joined this league. To me, you know, the fun of the draft is how many deals can you make? That's that was how I Amen. that's how I've approached this draft every year in this league. And-
1: I was just going to say last year when we talked about, we did the same thing. kind of talked about your trades. And I think most of them were uh, that year were also made all around draft time. And it looks like that's the same, uh, this year. And speaking of trading picks, uh, the first one is that you traded, uh, Noah Fant for, uh, the two Oh eight. It looks like, uh, which I don't have much of a problem with at all in, in, in a, uh, non tight end premium league, especially this was, I think after he went to the Seahawks where I wouldn't have been as, as high on him. I, I like this trade, uh, Uh, the next one we have is Tyler Boyd, the 112, and your own 23 first. And you did win the league this last year. So I I think you're probably hoping that that 23 first is also late uh, for Irv Smith and the one Oh five, which after he traded fan, he kind of, it was kind of vacant at tight end there. So I I can see that. Uh, I'd be a little hesitant to move my 23 first just because, uh, I, I don't know how plugged in you are into fantasy Twitter, James, but people love the 23 first. So I'm <laughs> sure the analysts love the 20. The it's gold, supposed to be man. a really good class. Yeah. But again, I get it. You're moving up. Yep. I think you're getting the better player. I'd rather have Erwin over Boyd, even in a non tight end premium. Uh, so. I mean, I remember last year I gave you a rough time about one of your trades. Uh, And I I don't feel that way about the ones we have on the sheet here. Uh, And and even the trade I gave you a rough time, I I think I thought you had given up maybe a little too much, but you did get Najee, I think, and Rashad Penny back in that deal. Probably both who very much helped you in that title run last year. hundred percent. Yeah. So, but Andrew, uh, before we move well, we'll, I'll I'll read the last trade in a minute, but these two kind of, he got rid of the one tight end for a pick and then made kind of moved some picks around and picked up a tight end. What do you think of these two?
2: So these two, I thought were pretty good. I, I think Noah Fant for the 208 makes total sense. If I mean, again, it's Noah Fant. I, I don't know. I mean, like, it's just, just yeah, kind of non away. And you're not getting much for it. Uh, yeah, and then you get that second, which, again, you never know what you're going to get. It could be as good as Noah Fant. But at the same time, I mean, you're adding a draft pick that you can move, which you later did, which I thought was good. I will say I agree with what Rocky said, with Boyd 112 and another first for the 105. But I'm, I'm guessing, and you maybe can correct me on this, you had a guy 105 you wanted to get. And it was Oh, a he loss. did. We're and, gonna talk about and, that. And, and, and that's, well, I'm just, I'm just kind of putting it in there. Like there was a guy you had to go get, and I don't hate that if that's the end result, right? If you're literally saying I gotta go get that guy, I totally yeah. agree with that pick. So again, I don't hate either of these. I think these are both very solid. I might not want to give up that much, but in every league it's so different. In this league, you had to, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. So yeah, I don't mind these at all. And then I'll do the last
1: one, and then uh, I'll let James kind of just give his thoughts on, on, on these three trades. Uh, yeah. You trade Leonard Fournette and that 208 that he got for Fant for Hunter Renfro 206 and a 2023 fourth. And in a minute, we'll get into who we got with all these picks that were that we're talking about. But uh, I don't hate that either. I don't mind moving on for especially. Uh, I don't. I can't remember if that time was if he had signed back with Tampa or not. Um, because cause the whole Brady he didn't. I know he didn't sign until after Brady unretired.
3: We knew uh, he was going to be in Tampa. That yeah. okay. but I just wanted to honestly, I just wanted to unload Fournette. Uh but at beyond this year, as you know, in a dynasty league, those right. running backs, the value just bottom out. And I felt like if I was ever gonna get anything for Fournette, it, it had to be this year. And uh after we reported to camp, I didn't feel so bad about. About, <laughs> Matt <Lenny>. yeah. <laughs> Leonard Five net, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, I think no matter what happens with Devontae Adams in that offense, uh, Hunter Renfro is always going to get his, he's going to work, yep. he's going to work those underneath routes and he's going to give you a high floor every week. So,
2: yeah, I would say you got the better player, you got the better pick, and a fourth. This one's a phenomenal trade. This one is like, oh, yeah, smash accept on this one. I love this one, and nice. now. Going back to that second trade,
1: um, I, I, yeah. I like I said, I don't mind the trade. I do have a little qualms with the with who he ended up taking at, at the 105, so we'll get into the picks. Uh, I, I feel a little overdrafted uh, homer pick here, James, but uh, what, you want to tell the people who he took at the 105? I took
3: Malik Willis.
2: <laughs> yep. Super flex. Go get your it guy. Is super
1: flex, yeah. but, but third-round draft pick, that scares me drafting him that high. What do you think? I mean, I guess you follow the Titans. Do you think uh, by next year, at least he could be, do you feel like he'll be starting or is Tannehill still going to be there? Uh,
3: I feel like next year it's probably Malik Willis. Now it doesn't mean that he's going to work out, but uh, unless Tannehill has a career year and takes us back to the AFC championship game, um, I think the writing is probably on the wall for old uh for old tanny there
1: yeah and i think uh i i'm not positive i don't have it up in front of me but i, I believe his contract works out so they can get out on him after 2022 without exactly. too bad of a cap hit yeah so um the other two picks he made in the rookie draft were uh, uh zamir white at two of six, which i like uh, i like zamir and, and jacobs could be gone after this year they didn't pick up his fifth year option and even though it's another homer pick, I like this one too. He took Kyle Phillips at the 412. He's a guy I was picking up everywhere. Yeah. Like uh, he could take over that slot role eventually. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a, a lazy comparison, but they kind of the Adam Humphreys kind of kind of role. And uh, I, yeah, I, I just that late, why not? Like like, and you you've heard glowing reports out of camp, like pretty much all of season about him too.
3: Hundred percent, dart throw, Homer pick, no question. Did I reach Malik Willis? Absolutely. But the pick that I felt best about was Zemir White. Yeah, um, because it feels like you know I could have a starting running back as soon as next year. Yeah, and
1: he could have he could have a, a role this year. I mean, we'll see how it goes. But uh, like I said, kind of go either way. They don't they don't value Jacobs that much because they didn't pick up the fifth year or. They could run him into the ground because they didn't pick up that fifth year and they're not worried about what happens after this year. So we'll we'll see. But I think Zamir has a role. So just before we go into the trades, we came up for you and finished off the show here. Uh, I just if you want to just give uh, the people a little idea of how your, your time in the Dynasty League is going, what happened last year and, and how you see your team now. And then we'll, we'll offer a couple of trades up for you. Yeah, this so
3: I'll be going into our third season. Uh, my first season, I had never done a dynasty draft before, and uh, again, I was working the phones and making all kinds of deals, not really knowing what the hell I was doing or what the ramifications would be. Uh, I lost Joe Burrow and uh, oh, Dak Prescott. Dak,
1: yeah. I remember and you sp- telling me that last year.
3: Yeah, so yeah. that was it. So that was it for me uh, in season one. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not good.
3: <laughs> quarterbacks went down in flames, um, but it did get me. Uh, it did set me up really pretty for the for the draft last year's draft. Uh, mm-hmm. because it was so terrible. So I, it was a worst to first story, which is always fun. We love hearing um, that. And I grabbed. Uh, I grabbed Najee and uh, Jamar Chase. And, uh, and then I traded my third first rounder for Jalen Hurts. And that's ultimately what won me a title. So. Those three picks worked out very, very well. <laughs> well, and so, actually I wanted to run through the roster real
2: quick before we that's get to right. run I through. I want to make sure roster, we yeah. talk about that real quick because it, it this is a solid roster, James. I gotta be honest. This is this is what we like to see. QB's you got Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and then you know Malik Willis, of course, to Red Taylor, but like Burrow and Hurts is a top two starting quarterback. That's primo. That's what you like. Uh, running backs, you got Najee Harris, Derek Henry, and Rashad Penny again. Chef's kiss. I mean, like, yeah. there's not much better than than Harris and Henry in this year. I think that's those guys are going to stop. And then again, Penny could be a top ten running back again. I and mean, who knows if he stays healthy? As we always say, right? Uh, rec- receiver, you've got Jamar Chase, Hunter Renfro. I love that. And Russell Gage is your flex. I love that. Like that. These are all guys that I think are studs that are going to get you points that may not be that flashy chases obviously but i think those are all really good high upside picks I, the cordero patterson's really where my question marks start and i you need know, it's odd it has a cue on it i don't again i don't hate it in a starting lineup it's just like oh, i don't know what to do with him, right like yeah, you can't man. trade him nobody wants him you're gonna no. play him if he's a starter but who knows how long that is <laughs> yeah. it's just like I, ugh, i'm not again i'm not sure just interesting
1: not sure the, too and in this like he has uh RB and uh, wide receiver eligibility still I think most leagues most platforms that's true yeah to running this back on, but this yeah. is
2: a flea flicker league and on flea flicker as of right now he's got both which is an interesting twist uh tight end as the previously mentioned Irv Smith on the bench I mean you know Dontrell Hilliard Chris Carson that's Amir White you talked about receiver you got AJ Green Odell Beckham Quez Watkins Nick Westbrook-Akine another Tennessee player Devin Duvernay Darius Slayton Phillips, we mentioned. You got Gronkowski still rostered. The, the question I had there is, is it just you're not sure if he's retired? Is it just like, might as well hold on? Or
3: No, he'll end up probably hitting the wire as soon as there's a, a move worth making. That was the other reason why uh, I, I took the Irv Smith trade is because yeah. I thought I had another year of Gronk. Yep. Um, so and I then Tanya like, oh.
2: too. I mean, you got an okay option there. Tanyan, if you have to, but they're getting older, and Irv is a little injured, so
3: yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of that was based on me thinking Gronk's going to be my guy this year, and and Irv will be some depth. So uh, we know that that's not how that played out, and uh, now I've got now I got Irv every week. It is uh, what it
2: is. Well, I I know my trade addressed some of that, but let's start with Rocky's trade. Now that we've seen the roster, Rocky, if you want to get into yours and start looking at some options to maybe help our boy James out here.
1: Yeah. So I, like, like we said, uh, I think it's a solid roster still. Uh, and, and as I put on the sheet here, I said, James just want a title. So I, I'm going to try and go for the repeat yeah, tweak, um, Yeah. Yeah. And what I wanted to do is I, I feel like it's definitely a solid starting lineup. It's lacking some depth. Uh, there's not a lot on that bench there. I'm not adding a ton of players, but I am adding a little bit of depth. Uh, I have trade Najee Harris to the pod father for Joe Mixon and Allen Robinson. And basically, uh, you're tearing down a little bit running back to try and get that that, that receiver. I think receiver is probably his weakest spot. Uh, you know, Irv's a little, I guess, a little iffy a tight end too. But uh, he doesn't have a lot of depth at receiver, like we said, after Renfro. Uh, maybe if Beckham comes back, that helps a little bit. We, we, he hasn't signed anywhere. Hopefully, if he were to do this trade, he doesn't sign back with the Rams because then you'll have two Rams receivers. Yeah. But uh, but I, I have a lot of high hopes for A-Rob this year. I think he bounces back big time. Uh, I think Cup kind of has to regress, and I think uh, Allen Robinson picks up some of that slack. Uh, I also think the, uh, the podfather who you'd be trading into, he's got kind of a youth movement going on. He has, uh, I think I have it up here. He has, like, every rookie wide receiver in existence, pretty much. Uh, yeah, he's got yeah. London. He's got Olave. Uh, he's got Pickens. He's got Watson. Uh, he's also got Bateman. Uh, he's got Swift and Taylor, who are third-year guys, but still pretty young. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty young he's got Justin Fields. So he's got kind of a youth movement going on. He gets a, a little bit younger running back from Mixon to, to Najee, kind of goes with this build. Uh, and he's got more depth than James. He's got a lot more depth. He's got like, like I said, he's got those, the three running backs, uh, plus Barkley plus Damian Harris. He's got all those, uh, again, they're rookies, but a lot of receivers, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. And Alan Robinson, I, I guess, I don't know if he really even has another vet receiver, but um, so that'll be interesting for him. But uh, I th- thought it made a lot of sense. And I like the idea of kind of, I don't think you're losing a ton of production from Najee to mixing. You're just getting a couple years older and Najee isn't even... As young, I think maybe as some people think, he's only a couple years younger than Mixon. So he's only one
2: year. He's twenty-four, and Mixon's yeah. twenty-five. So they're not. He's not that much younger. And I'll just jump in here and say, I I kind of like the Harris side more. I think Harris is our RB one potential, and I don't know if Mixon really does, just because that offense throws a lot. So see, I'm the opposite way. I I
1: worry yeah. about Najee in that offense. I I don't have faith in that offense this year. Uh, with that, I mean, not that Ben was very good, but
2: who knows what picket and Trubisky are going to be? So. Uh, I, they can't be worse than Ben. That's all I keep thinking. Like th- It's got to be an improvement. And again, a rookie quarterback or a quarterback coming to a new team is going to really rely on their running back. I just don't see how they don't. don't and and I also worry if
1: Najee can hold up to like a 360 touch load again, which is what he got. That's left. a fair concern.
3: That's a fair yeah, concern. Yeah, they're going to ride him to the wheels come off. I mean, he's already, – not he already publicly stated that he's looking to get less work? I mean, how often? Yeah. Does he
1: <laughs> so, yeah so, what, what not, do you think of that, straight,
3: James? And then we'll go on to Andrews. Um, I think it makes sense I might actually be more excited about One of his One of his younger receivers uh, Since it's a dynasty league um, And like you said he has all of them um, Yeah I
1: think and- it depends on which one I was just worried there'd be too much value Send him back like if you made it like an Alave or something like that that he might not Want to do that that'd it be too much for him But did yeah you, I, I agree
3: Did you say he had Bateman? That's intriguing yeah, He does have Bateman yeah So well, maybe so- it
2: depends on how much he likes Najee too
3: 100%. Here,
2: here's where i'm just again referencing the dlf trade analyzer is just an option it's not the end all be all this is not a bible <laughs> it's just a calculator um but again harris is worth more than mixon and robinson and then harris is even if you swap robinson out for drake london it's still the Najee harris side so i partially look at this i will say, say
1: i put this into two calculators that which i saw dtc actually has a two points ahead on the package sites yeah <laughs> yet
2: again it's just a tool for this but yeah. i'm saying more like if if one of them has it way off and i'm like well then hell let me send it for drake london let me send it for my best option i mean maybe yeah. this makes sense And yeah, if they counter it. you're like let's counter down to alan, alan robinson and I'm fine right that's kind of where i like calculators because you can maybe see well i didn't think of that I, I didn't think i could get that well maybe i can you know and that way you don't feel too awkward about sending it like yeah drake london and joe mixon for Najee harris Sounds a little lopsided when you think about it points-wise, but dynasty-wise, Mixon's kind of still a question mark to people. Well, yeah, you know, Drake well, London's a rookie. You don't know what you're getting. He could be Nik- Nikhil Harry, right? He could be DK Metcalf. We don't know what he's going to do. So, I don't know. Harris is a locked and loaded RB1 in my book. So, there's people that are willing to pay up for him. Just, Andrew. Just my two cents. And one other thing i noted i would i would also i wouldn't mind doing this also with
1: saquon and the mix. some people value saquon higher than mixon some value him lower uh, i don't know how james feels i don't know how the other guy feels so it, it would depend on that yeah, but uh i i can see an argument for saquon over Mixon. and also if I, I put on there if you know if you you'd be pretty bengals heavy if you if you were yep. to, to grab Mixon, you got mix uh, yeah. uh, chase and burrow so that may be another reason maybe maybe if if uh, he's lower on Saquon maybe you can even get a little little something added as a yeah. third piece or like or
2: Saquon and Drake London or I mean, move it up you know, from Robinson
1: exactly, to say Bateman exactly. or something like that yeah
3: and I, like I don't that. Need, i don't hate the gamble on Saquon i mean yeah. i think this season is going to tell us everything we need to know but i'm pulling for the kid
2: same okay let's finish up here Andrew
3: well, yeah as so you say, my- we're very long my trade, though,
2: is is very much Bengals heavy. I like the Burrow-Chase stack. I got to be honest, that's that's a killer because, again, that probably helped you win last year, right? They, oh, they yeah. stomped in the playoffs. But I think you can trade down from Jamar Chase to like a T. Higgins and get some depth. So my trade was with our friend of the uh, DAP network, I guess, Tom Everett Scott, uh, where mm-hmm. you would send Jamar Chase, Irv Smith, and Devin Duvernay, or pick any receiver at that point at the lower end, Uh, to the cast of Stomp for T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, and T.J. Hawkinson. And the thought process here is obviously Chase and Higgins is a gap, but you're adding the depth of McLaurin and Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson is better than Smith. McLaurin is significantly better than DuVernay, and that fixes your Cordero-Patterson problem, right? That adds your lineup fixer there. And I think Hawkinson is an upgrade. You're downgrading from Chase, which is hard to do, but anyone who's going to get Chase is going to have to pay for it. Yeah. He's one one or two in, in wide receiver, depending on how you value him and Justin Jefferson. So this is the kind of trade, again, in the trade analyzer was pretty even, but this is the kind of trade I send to be like, I'm not willing to sell for less than this. And just kind of yeah. like, here's, here's my number, right? And if I'm giving you chase and Herb Smith has some upside, Devin Duvernay has some upside. I mean, he's not getting crap players in this trade, but I think you're, you're getting a lot more value for your lineup and it adds some depth and gives you a chance to repeat without really losing a lot. And I don't know, you're still getting a stack, right? You're yeah. But adding T-Mac and, and TJ, I love those guys this year. I think they're both going undervalued. So that was where my head went. And as much as it sucks to send Chase, I'm a huge Chase fan, obviously, being a Bengals fan, but I'm a big Higgins fan too. So like I don't mind that downgrade.
3: Also, you're selling, I mean, you might be selling as high as you can ever sell on Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's another question, right? Can his value go
2: up from here? I don't um, know. I mean, a wide receiver go up one, where you go? One, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, like it's tough.
2: So it's sort of, you know, you were looking at that before, like getting out before they they, t- they tumbled down. I don't see that happening with Chase, but might as well pivot to some other options that are probably all going to increase. In your whole Yeah. Team I, I love
1: this. If you can get it done, I'm a big yeah. Hawk guy. I, I love T also. I think that you could have a, a situation where they're both wide receiver ones and uh, you know, McLaren is, is great. And, and he's not giving up much by, beyond chase. I, you, I think you put on the, on the sheet that maybe this doesn't get done, but yeah, but, like sorry. I'm not
2: sure this gets done. And maybe you throw another pick in there. You add another player, you change Duvernay to someone, you add Patterson. I mean, like there's some ways yeah. you can make this, you could tweak this to get it done and, you know, I know Tom Everett Scott's a big fantasy fan. He was just on Trade Addicts a couple weeks ago and he does a lot. He likes trading. <clears throat> he likes trading and values and all this. Like, I think this could be one of those blockbuster Hollywood trades, you know, like <laughs> getting it done with two actors. Like we know what we're doing. Don't no worry about it. You know? and I think it'd be a fun conversation between the two of you at least.
3: I might have to kick those tires. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Get some it out there, awesome.
1: see what happens. Maybe, maybe you come up with something that works, even if it's not this, yeah. but, uh, but, yeah, that, that'll finally finish us up. I, I appreciate it, James. I appreciate you hanging with us this long. Um, I want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, if there's anything you want to you say here at the end before we sign off, anything you want to plug, anything you want to talk about, anything before we go?
3: No, you know, I just I – will, I will reinforce since we had him on the show for, for a minute that uh, being part of the Scott Fishbowl is a, is a really cool thing uh, for all of us in the fantasy community. And, uh, yeah, follow, following his lead. Uh, I'll be doing another, uh, run in the, in the high stakes NFFC this year in their main event. Uh, we've got six of us all playing for the V foundation and Connor's Cure. Awesome. Uh, it'll be me, the Miz Kofi Kingston, just like last year, uh, Mike Fabiano, Liz Loza and Jen Piacenti uh, uh, finish off the six pack this year. So, uh, If you're a high-stakes player, uh, I challenge you to join us, and uh, we'll try to raise some money for another great cause.
1: Okay. Yep, sounds awesome. Thanks again. I'll just finish up real quick with all our stuff. Uh, You can follow us at Dynasty Junkies or the DAP Network at DAP underscore network. Uh, You know all our host Twitter handles. I'll I'll leave that for next time. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube so you can see when when guys like James come on. Uh, and, And we have other shows on the DAP Network that go live sometimes. Um, and if you do uh, subscribe to YouTube, also make sure you subscribe into the pod. Uh, give us a rating and review. We love to see that, uh, preferably a five-star review um, uh, rating. <laughs> but uh, if the review isn't great, that's great, too. At least we, we can figure out what we need to do better. So so get those reviews out there. We love seeing those. So I think that'll do it for this week. Andrew, why don't you take us out?
2: Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, James. It was a blast getting to talk to you and, and ham it up on the Dynasty side. Welcome anytime, of course. The invitation's always open. But for the rest of us, for everyone in the chat, tons of good fans in here. Junkies out!